he was going to use. And so uh, he gave them to his daughter and said, hey, why don't you take them over to the uh, missions apartment and knock on the door and ask the missionary if he could use them. And if he could use them, uh, then, then, you know, they can have them. And if not, just bring them back. It's no big deal. And so she took the package of socks over and knocked on the door. And, and uh, the missionary's daughter answered the door. And, and, uh, and he goes, or the daughter says to the other daughter, hey, um, I was just wondering if, if, if you guys could use these socks. And the missionary's daughter's eyes got really big. Pretty soon the dad came to the door and, and, uh, and, and she said, well, I just wondered if you guys could use these socks. And, and he said, oh, he said, my daughter's so happy because he said, we just prayed that God would provide socks for us. And, and here we are. He said, so praise the Lord. You know, it doesn't have to be something big. Sometimes we think that praise has got to be, well, God divided the Red Sea and I crossed over onto, on dry ground. Listen, it doesn't have to be some huge thing uh, that God does in your life. There are little things that tells us that, number one, God is interested in our life, God cares about our life, and God is working in our life. Uh, and, and certainly we ought to be able to praise the Lord even with little things like that. And so David is willingly uh, praising. Not only that, but I want you to notice this in verse number two. He says, I will be glad. Uh, not only is he willingly praising, but he's also willingly glad. Uh, listen, there's something about praising the Lord that you just cannot do it and be discouraged. They don't go together. Uh, if you're discouraged, take some of these psalms that are encouraging, that are uplifting, and mark them. Take number eight and write a little smiley face by the number eight. Write a little smiley face by the number nine. And the next time you get discouraged and the next time you get down and the next time things don't go well for you, take your Bible and open it up and find one of those smiley faces that's by the psalm number and, and just read it. And don't just read it, but look at it and force yourself to think about it and say, what, is, what, what makes this psalm uh, so encouraging? And what do I have? How can I apply these things to my life? And you know what? You'll come out and you'll say, man, God truly is good to me. And, and probably there's nobody chasing you down trying to kill you like there was in David's day. Uh, and so many of the Psalms are very encouraging to us because our circumstances are not nearly as drastic as those of David. And he says, I will be glad. I love this in verse, I missed one there in verse 1. He says, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Hey, listen, when you look at what God has done for you and you're, you're, you're pleased and you're saying, man, praise the Lord for this blessing. Praise the Lord for this blessing. Uh, listen, when you look at that, you know what it makes you want to do? It just makes you want to testify to somebody else and say, hey, you know, I just got to tell you how good God's been to me. Man, he did this for me and he did this for me. And you cannot be discouraged and think about how God has blessed you. And all of us have blessings of God in our life. And we'll want to share that with somebody else. So he's willingly praising. He's willingly sharing it with other people. He's willingly glad. It will make you glad. Uh, you can't be discouraged and be thanking the Lord for the blessings. And then look at what he says there in verse number 2. He says, I will sing praises. To thy name. You know, there's something just about um, when, when you get happy and, and you're, you're thanking the Lord, the first one, praising the Lord, is not necessarily in song. 
You can say, man, I just prayed that little testimony I gave about the socks and the, the mission. They weren't singing. They were just praising the Lord for, uh, for something that he did. And listen, you can praise the Lord for something, but ultimately, in the end, hey, listen, a lot of times it's going to bust out into song. And listen, David, he just couldn't contain himself. I mean, he got to thinking about how good God was to him and how God had blessed his life and he wanted to share it with others and it made him so happy that he just had to sing. He just kind of broke out in song. And he said, I will sing. And listen, there's a lot of verses that talk about singing to the Lord. Psalm 40 and verse 3, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Hey, listen, there's, there, there's a lot of times. I come in, I don't come in on Monday. I come in on Tuesday. But, uh, but Tuesday I come in and I'm walking around the church and I just... Songs come in my mind from Sunday that we were singing. And man, they just kind of pop my head and I'll hum them, whistle them, whatever, and sing them. If nobody's around, I'll sing them and, uh, and just kind of walk around and sing those songs. Why? Because, man, there's just a blessing of knowing the Lord. And there's something about music and being able to praise the Lord with music. You know, the Bible says this. Let me just give you this about music. In Ephesians 5.18 uh, and 19, you can write this down. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Then he goes on the next verse, and we know that verse. We've quoted it many times that, number one, we shouldn't drink. Uh, and number two, we ought to be filled with the Spirit. But the third thing is in verse number 19 says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Listen, there's something about the Spirit of God that's in us. And just singing songs that would honor and glorify God. You know, that goes along with Colossians 3.16 that says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Listen, you put those two things together and what you have is you have the Spirit of God filling you, and you have the Word of God. And listen, the Spirit of God and the Word of God go together. They work together in our lives to produce a song and produce a joyful spirit that would allow us and cause us to want to sing to the Lord. So there's, there's willingness to praise. And David was obviously very good at praise. I mean, he wrote the, the majority of the psalms, and many of them were songs uh, that they would sing. He played on the harp, and we've talked about that in the past. And, and David was obviously talented with music. And, uh, and so he sang willingly. Uh, and we see his willingness to praise the Lord. I love this, the second W that we see under this personal praise. Not only his willingness, but I want you to notice this in verse number one. He says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. It was a wholehearted praise. It wasn't half-hearted. You, you ever try and sing half-heartedly? Um, it, it just doesn't work to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, you might be able to, you know, get the words out, but, but maybe, maybe you're not in it, and it's not uh, there. Listen, when we sing, when we sing hymns, uh, man, I love to, to, I'm not the greatest singer, but I love to belt it out. And, uh, and I, why, I, man, wholeheartedly, I mean, I am in, 
and, uh, and with my whole being. And David was saying, hey, I'm not going to half sing this song. I'm not going to sing this song, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a half-hearted way, but I'm going to sing it with my whole heart. Not only his willingness, not only his wholehearted praise that was personal, but I want you to notice this as well. He says in verse number one, he says, I will show forth all thy marvelous works, and that's his witness. Listen, you know what? Sometimes I think as Christians, we praise the Lord amongst each other. We ought to praise the Lord amongst each other even more. When, when I hear somebody say, oh, praise the Lord that this happened to me this week, and this is a blessing, and I thank the Lord for that. You know what that does? It encourages me. I say, man, praise, I'm glad for that person, that, that, that God blessed them and that God is working in their life. And, and when we do that, uh, boy, it's just an encouragement to other people. But listen, not, not only to each other, we ought to do that and we should do that, but listen, you can do that to your neighbor. Hey, let me tell you what God did for me this week. And your neighbor might look at you a little bit crazy, but you know what? Let the world know that we serve a God that still is in the blessing business. This still works. He's, he's a God that is alive. I think we have, we've held back our praise from the world to the point that they say, is there anything to that? Is there anything real about that? And they question because they don't ever hear us say, man, praise the Lord, God has been so good to us, and, and God is working, and God is doing this, or this happened, and, and talk about the Lord, and, and you don't have to be crazy about it, but just, you know, praise the Lord, this happened this week, and, and God really blessed me, and I was encouraged by it. And, and share that to other people. Uh, we see David, he had a personal praise in verses 1 and 2. I want you to notice in verses 3 down through 10, we see the protection of God. I, I wanted to put uh, something else there, but as I started reading it, all the points that jumped off of the page at me were all about God. And, and listen, that, isn't God praiseworthy? Isn't He the one that we should be praising? Uh, we ought not praise ourselves, but we ought to praise God. And as you read through verses 3 down through 10, we'll not reread it for sake of time, but, uh, but as I look at these phrases, they're all about God. Look in verse number 3. The Bible says, uh, When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. In other words, David is saying, hey, listen, if my enemies come back after me and they try to attack me and they try to go after me, they're going to fall over because of God's presence. Oh, man, what a great statement. And he's saying, listen, uh, the wicked cannot stand before God. Go back with me to Psalm chapter number 1 as we think about that phrase, that they'll, they'll not be able to stand, they'll fall and perish at the very presence of God. Look with me in verse number, Psalm chapter number 1 and verse number 4. I thought of these verses. The Lord brought them to mind. As we look at this, it says, He, he contrasts uh, the blessings of God in verses 1 through 3, but verse number 4, He's talking about the ungodly, and He says, The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And he's saying, hey, 
Listen, ungodly people will not be able to stand in the presence of God. And what a true statement that is. And, and he's going to lead us into the fact that uh, God upholds the cause of the right. That's basically what he's saying there in verse number 3. He said, For when mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. He goes on in verse number 4, For thou hast maintained my, my right and my cause. In other words, hey God, you've upheld the righteousness. You've upheld uh, those who are, are, are living for you and the cause of the right. Look in verse number 5. We see God upholds the cause of the right and there in verses 3 and 4. He says in verse number 5, verse number 5 is another basically three-point outline. He says there, Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. God not only upholds the cause of the righteous and those that are, are, are serving the Lord, but He destroys the wicked. You know how often we fret and worry about the wickedness that goes on? And you know how often that we get upset and we're, we're like, boy, I wish, I wish that would stop and I wish that would end and I wish that it would be dealt with and I wish that would be taken care of and, and we're, uh, we're pulling our hair out and fretting, wonder what we can do. Hey, listen, you know what you can do? Just turn it over to God. Because he says right here in verse number 5, he says, Thou hast rebuked the heathen. In other words, God's going to tell them it's wrong. God's going to be the one that rebukes them and, and, and deals with that. He goes on and he says, not only does he rebuke them, but he says there, uh, thou hast destroyed the wicked. And, and God will destroy the wicked. And then he says in the last part, thou hast put out their name forever. In other words, hey, they won't be a, they won't be a common name any longer. And, uh, and, and they're going to be dealt with. And God is going to deal with them. So often we fret and we worry about those things. Uh, but the protection of God upholds the cause of the right. He destroys the wicked. And then they, he contrasts that. Look at this in verse number 6 and 7. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities their memorial is perished with them. He's talking about how the enemies have prospered. You could imagine the enemies of David, how they had prospered. Uh, even when, uh, perhaps when he was a king, and the Philistines would constantly attack and take and destroy this city or take and destroy these people and cause all kinds of problems or maybe other countries that would come against them. And, and, he, and he says, yeah, you've done your destruction and you've done your job and you have been a problem, but look at how he contrasts it in verse number 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared His throne for judgment. In other words, God's saying, yeah, you may have gotten some ground. Yes, you may have had some victories. Yes, you may have conquered a few of our towns. Yes, you may have destroyed some things. But let me tell you something, that the God that we serve, He is going to live forever. And He'll deal with you. And there's a contrast there. He says in verse number 6, he said, yeah, you've had your destruction, 
but he says there, uh, are, you are come to a perpetual end. In other words, hey, you're going to come to an end, but God's not. And God's going to continue for all of eternity. And so God upholds the cause of the right. God destroys the wicked. God will last forever. Uh, and it could very well be uh, that, that a prophetic portion of, this, of that verse 7 there, uh, of looking forward to God and saying, you know what? You may, you may have thought that you've got away with it in, the, in this world. And sometimes, honestly, it does seem like they got away with things. It does seem like that. But listen, it's not all over. There's coming a day when uh, Revelation 21, when, when death and hell will be brought up to stand before God. And they'll be held accountable. And, and so it's a, a prophetic piece looking forward to the end of judgment of God that is going to come. And, and he says there that God is forever and that, uh, that He will last forever, but the end of wickedness will come and they will be destroyed. Look with me in verses 8 through 10. It says, God is a refuge. Uh, look at verse number 8. And He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Verse number nine, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. Listen, this world is full of corruption. And it's, it is so nice to have a refuge to run to. Some place that we can go. Some place that we can get away. Some place that we can take and open up the Word of God and say, you know what? God is my comfort. God is my shield. God is my strong tower. God is the place that I can run to and know that I will be protected, know that I will be taken care of, know that He is going to bless and care for us. God is a, right, a refuge for us. Boy, we need a refuge. We need somebody that we can run to. God is a, not just a, a refuge, but He's a righteous judge. I, I, we kind of passed over that in verse number 8. And He shall judge the world in righteousness. I love that second part. And He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Listen, God's, God's completely fair and just in His judgment. Sometimes you read stuff in the Old Testament. You read uh, the, 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 how the judgment of God falls. I was reading through, I'm reading in the book of Ezekiel, and, uh, and you read about how God said, hey, I want you to go through and destroy these people. And, and He says, men, woman, young people, all people, they're to be destroyed. And you're like, man, that's, that's pretty harsh. And you say, man, that's rough. But when you realize it's a just judgment for what has taken place, and you go back and you see how wicked and vile they have been, you're like, oh, that's what's going on. That's why this judgment is so harsh. And listen, God is a righteous judge. He is not going uh, to be unfair in the punishment. And, and in reality, uh, God, so many times, He gives space and chance for people to hear the Word of God, to repent and to turn from, from, from the sins that they're living in and doing. But the problem is, we're just stiff-necked, hard-hearted people many times that don't want to turn 
And we want to continue living uh, in our life and, and doing the things that we do. And, and, and so God's judgment will fall and it will be a righteous judgment. So God, is, uh, God upholds the cause of the right. God destroys the wicked. God is forever. And God is a righteous judge and a refuge to those that are, to those that are saved. Look with me in verse number 11. And we have yet another three points here in verse number 11. He says, sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. In verse number 11, he turns from a personal praise and he makes it more of a public proclamation of praise. Look at what he says in verse number 11. He's not saying in verse number 11, I will praise the Lord as he did in verse number 1. He's saying, sing praises to the Lord. It's a directive. He's saying, hey, I want you to join me in praising the Lord. Listen, we ought to have a private and a personal time of praise, but there's nothing quite like getting together and having a group of people, and we do that on Sundays and Wednesdays, you know, the songs that we sing, they're not just to occupy time so that we can fill space. And, and, then, uh, and they're not a buffer so that you can arrive a little bit late and make it to service. They're a time of praise. They're a time that we collectively can lift up our voices and say, only a sinner saved by grace. Man, what a good song and what a great thought that we could sing that and we could say, praise the Lord that, hey, I was a sinner and thank God that I've been saved by grace. And with all those songs that we sing and, and the songs that we uh, have in our songbook, hey, there are songs that mo most of them, many of them, are uplifting and praising to the Lord for how good He is to us. And it's a directive that, that, uh, that says, Sing praises to the Lord. There's an old saying that says, Misery loves company. And uh, that's true. But listen, praise loves company too. I mean, you get two people singing. Man, have a third join in and a fourth join in. And, and there is just something about a group of people singing together, praising the Lord. It's a blessing. And so he says, sing, it's a directive that we should praise the Lord publicly and together. Not only that, but he says there, uh, the directive to sing, but look what he says, uh, pray, sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Jerusalem was Zion in their day, and uh, listen, for Israel to have a temple of God and the Holy of Holies meant that God dwelt in Israel. No other nation could boast that all the way around them. Egypt could not boast that God dwelt in, in, their, in Egypt because He didn't dwell in Egypt. The Philistines could not boast that God dwelled with them. Uh, the Ammonites and the, all the other countries that were all around them, not one of them could boast that God dwelt among them. But Israel, they could say, man, God, he dwells with us. That was something that was praiseworthy to God. 
That was something that they could say, thank the Lord that He dwells in our midst. He, he was right there in Jerusalem and that He would dwell in that, in that temple and be there in the midst of Israel. And listen, we're, 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 we're even better off than they were because the Bible says if we're saved, He indwells us. And hey, we've got the presence of God with us. How praiseworthy is that? To say, man, thank you, Lord, that, that, uh, that, I'm, that you're always with me. I'm reminded of the little girl. She was scared of the dark. And her mom was trying to teach her not to be scared of the dark. And, uh, and so she, she, there was a basement, and it was one of those, you go down the basement, and the pull string is right in the middle of the basement, and so you go down those stairs, and it's dark, and, and you got to go all the way to the middle of the basement, pull the string before there's any light. And uh, the little girl, the mom said, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to teach my girl to, uh, to not be afraid and that the Lord's with her. And, and so she said, now, Susie, I want you to go down and get the broom out of the basement. And Susie said, Mom, it's dark down there. And she said, you don't be afraid. God's with you. She said, God's with me? And she said, yeah, God's with you all, all the time. You, you don't have to worry about it. So little Susie said, okay. And so little Susie went over to the stairs. She opened the door. She stepped down on that first stairs. And she said, hey, Jesus, can you pass me the broom? <laughs> Listen, he's with us at all times. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. And he's always there with us. And what a blessing to have the dwelling of God with us. And we ought to publicly praise the Lord because of his presence with us. Not only is his directive to sing and his dwelling with Zion, but look at the declaration he gives them in verse number 11. He says this, declare among the people his doings. In other words, hey, let it known. You see how that goes hand in hand with that personal praise? He's saying, I will praise the Lord. And, and then it's a little bit different in the second part of that. I, he says, with my whole heart. Uh, but in the second, third phrase, he says, I will show forth thy marvelous works. And in, in verse 11, he says, uh, to declare among the people his doings. In other words, hey, let other people know how God is working in your life. Declare it publicly. There's a public praise and allow other people uh, to see what God is doing in your life, in your family, in your church, in, in uh, wherever God is moving and God is working. There ought to be public praise. Look at verse number 12 down through the end there. We see the public proclamation. He says in verse number 12, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. In other words, when judgment comes, he doesn't forget about those who were wronged. This, morning, this past week in the adult Sunday school class, we are looking at the life of Elijah and, uh, and, and how wicked Ahab and Jezebel were. Uh, as Ahab went and asked for the land of Naboth, and Naboth would not give it to him. And so Jezebel turns around and, and, and schemes up this whole plot to take Naboth's vineyard. And in the plot basically was this. She said, hey, I want you to find two men of Belial. Those are wicked men. Those are men who are ungodly men. Those are men who are known to be liars. And put them on the stand 
to testify against Naboth that Naboth and, and tell the people that Naboth had blasphemed the name of God. And so, uh, so of course, the men of Belial uh, go and they do all of that and, and they, they testify that Naboth had blasphemed the name of the Lord and because there was two witnesses, uh, according to the law of the Old Testament, Naboth was to be ushered out and stoned. And so he was. He was ushered out and he was stoned. Naboth had done nothing wrong at all. Matter of fact, Naboth stood for God. He refused to give up his land because God had said, hey, don't give away your land that you have inherited. So Naboth was completely innocent and, and lived for God and stood for God, and he died. And you say, boy, that's quite unjust. Yes, it is unjust. But you know what? The Bible says here in verse number uh, 12 that we just read, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. In other words, God has in mind the fact that Naboth died for his faith when the judgment comes to Ahab and to Jezebel, who both died very uh, just as God had predicted that they would die. In other words, God didn't forget about the justice that was due to Naboth. God served that justice. Oh yes, Naboth did die, but God served the justice that was coming. And he does not forget the, the righteous that stand for him, even though other people may forget about them, even though others may not know about them. God does not forget. We talked about it in the book of Revelation on Sunday night, uh, that one martyr, and he gives him the name. And, uh, and, and I looked it up, and nothing, nothing is written, nothing is known about that guy. But you know what? God knows, because God does not forget those who stand for him and die for him and so God doesn't forget those things, and justice ultimately will be served. Look at verse number 13. We find a request that David is praying for. He says there in verse number 13, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of death. Zion, I will rejoice in thy salvation. He's making a request. He's saying, hey, when injustice comes, he's asking for mercy. He's saying, God, send me mercy. Look at verse 19 and 20. He, he makes another request. He says, arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. These are his requests and his public proclamation that David is crying out. He's saying, hey, have mercy on me and, uh, and, and let, uh, let, the, let the other uh, arise rather against the, the, the heathens that uh, they can be judged in thy sight that all the nations will know, hey, that you are God and they'll fear you. That's his request and publicly, they do fall. You can read back through there in verse number 15. Well, we'll look real quick right there in verse number 15. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. 
The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hand. Hegion Selah. And, uh, and so he's saying, hey, listen, they're going to be judged. Uh, it says there, going to the next, very next verse, he says, uh, the wicked shall be turned into hell and the nations that forget God. He's saying, hey, they will be judged. They will fall. They'll fall by their own snare. And even after their own snare and, and fall by their own trap, hey, God is going to judge them in the end as well. Uh, and, and we find that in the book of Revelation. Uh, it says, and death and hell uh, were brought up and would stand before God. And they'd be judged for their works. And so he's saying, hey, listen, they're going to be judged. You can trust God. And you can praise God for His goodness to us. We see His personal praise, His protection. We see his, uh, the public praise and then the public proclamation that He gives out. And boy, what a wealth of information really in this Psalm chapter 9. And really, lots of reason to say, boy, God's been so good to us. And God takes care of us. And God blesses us in our life and watches out for us. And He watched out for David. And David would write a psalm and, and sing it to the Lord. Uh, for His goodness to Him. And oh, how we ought to praise the Lord personally and publicly. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your blessings in our life. God, truly, You're so good to us. And sometimes, Father, it does seem like Wickedness prevails. And sometimes it does seem like it goes unpunished, but God, help us to realize and understand that ultimately it will be judged. Nothing goes unseen by you. And God, you don't forget the, un, the injustice, the seemingly un injustice that would take place, like in the life of Naboth, or like in the life of the martyr in Revelation chapter 2, or many other places throughout history that it seems like it's gone unpunished, but God, we know that you've not forgotten, that you know everything, and God, it's not something that would slip your mind because you have a perfect mind that would keep track of everything. And God, I pray that you'd help us to trust in you Help us to praise you for how good you are. God, help us to willingly praise you. Help us to willingly testify of you. Help us to uh, willingly be glad and willingly sing your praises and your testimonies for your goodness. God, I pray that you would encourage and strengthen each and every believer that's here. Father, we'll thank you for that. God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We'll have a short hymn of invitation. Maybe you just want to thank the Lord for how good He is. Maybe you just want to sit down and think of a couple of things that God has done for you and just praise Him just personally right there in your seat. Say, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for your blessings and your encouragement and your strength.
we'll bring our invitation to a close. You be seated, and uh, we'll get our prayer prayer sheets out. And is, does anybody not have a prayer sheet? Just raise your hand. I'll have uh, I'll have somebody running. I'll have Abe. Abe's well bodied and able, but I don't 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 go too fast. I don't see anybody that needs one. Anybody need one? Raise your hand. No hands. We're good. Oh, we got one. All right. You saw it and I missed it. I don't know how that happened. Good, good eye. He's not only he's not only well bodied and able. He's got a good eyes too. Our prayer list. Continue to pray for um, all of our ministries. Let me just mention this. This this has been mentioned a few times to me, and my my wife and I we talk sometimes, and she's mentioned this a couple times to me, and, and I just want to share it by way of a testimony because. We really, we really need to pray for our van route for those kids that come. It, it just, it's a whole different life and world that they live in that, that I know nothing of, to be honest with you, to be 100% frank. And probably you know very little of, if anything of. And, uh, and one of the girls in, in Sunday school has come up two, at least two times, and, and the kids are just amazed that my wife does not cuss. They're like, come on, you cu- you've cussed at your kids before. And she said, no, I'm not cussed at my kids. And, and here's the point, is those kids, they don't go, there's not a single day goes by in their life that they don't hear cussing, probably from their parents, probably at them. And it's part of their life. And what I'm saying is, their life is so far different. Boy, how they need, they need the Bible. need to pray for him. We need to be concerned for him, really, because they need the Lord. And so you pray for that ministry, pray for our teachers, pray for our van route, pray for all of that. And, um, there's change. You know, they've been, their lives have been changed. Some of them have been saved. And uh, you can see it. Like, it, it's little and it's growth. But we need to pray for them. So, mark that down. Pray for our van route. Pray for our teachers, our classes, as they work with them. And sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's challenging for them. But pray for them. Um, Special prayer requests and health and other things. Pray for our brother Bob Snoffer. He got some some more news that kind of broadsided them today, and and it's just been up and down for for Bob and Shirley. And and one day he's doing good, and the next day they get another report of more cancer and and things like that. So just keep them in prayer, and I know that they'll certainly appreciate that. Um, and then continue to pray for brother David Orr as well, and. Uh, all these that, that are listed on our list, and I know that they'll certainly appreciate that. Keep those things in prayer. Um, Edna Robinson told me her son, Tommy Robin, or Tom Robinson, is going to have uh, surgery on Friday, and, uh, and so we need to keep him in prayer as well, and uh, I know that she'll certainly appreciate that. Um, a lot of people still sick. Brenton's not here. He's sick. 
uh, and so pray that he'll get better. A lot of people are still recovering, and uh, pray for them. Uh, I know they'll certainly appreciate that. And then pray for our, our missionaries, and uh, a lot of them are home on furlough and traveling, and pray for their safety as they travel, and that God would continue to bless them and help them. And, uh, and the ministries that are, they've left behind, a lot of times that's hardship on the ministry that's left behind, that, that God would continue working and bless that work, and I know that that'll certainly be appreciated, all right? Let's just take um, about five minutes. Uh, well, let me do this really quick. Do we have any prayer requests that are urgent that I, I missed, maybe I don't, I'm unaware of, that you want to mention? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Debbie Brewer personal request. You can write her down and pray for that. Yes, thank you. Pray for the ladies as they head off to the retreat, and I know that they'll pray for their safety as they go down and safety on their way back, and just that they'll have a good time and be blessed and encouraged by the retreat that they're heading to. All right. Any other prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay, what was her name again? Pam Rohr. Okay, Pam Rohr. I seen that name and I didn't. I didn't make the connection with Scott. No, thank you for that. <laughs> that helps. So Pam Rohr, physical need. She's back home. All right, any others? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. I could I could imagine. Wow. So what was his name? What was Thaddeus Wilson. Thaddeus Wilson for physical need for recovery. All right. Notice a hand back here. Yes. Okay. Was that Conan? A-N-T, Conant. All right. Barb Conant, that is uh, Ruth's sister, and she's going to be starting radiation treatment, so keep her in prayer. All right. Any others? All right, pray one for another. Let's, let's go ahead and start our prayer time. We'll have uh, just a couple minutes, and you, you, of course, can pray there in your seat. You can pray at the altar, uh, wherever you'd like to, and we'll have some music. And at the end, Brother, Brother Jeremy will close us out in prayer.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the message, Lord, we heard this evening. Lord, it was so appropriate. Lord, I know that I don't, Lord, I don't praise you as I ought to. Lord, you're worthy of praise. Lord, you are the great God. Lord, you saved us. You loved us, Lord. You sent your son to die on the cross for us, Lord. And Lord, we just want to thank you for that today. Thank you for our salvation. Lord, thankful. We're thankful, Lord, that we have a home in heaven. Lord, we don't have to worry about hell. We don't have to worry about where we're going to spend eternity, Lord. But, Lord, you've given us peace, and we know where we're going to go. We're thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you be with the many prayer requests, Lord. And uh, Lord, I think of the one praise. Um, I think of Thaddeus's uh, surgery that went well. Lord, we've been praying for that. And you've answered that prayer. We thank you for being with the doctors, Lord, and uh, Lord, guiding their hands. And Lord, I thank you for Christina and Jordan, Lord, as Lord, we know they trust you. We know they love you, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray that you continue to be with that family, Lord, as there is a long recovery. Lord, I pray that you would help them in every way. Lord, I pray that Thaddeus won't have much pain, Lord, and that you would relieve him of that pain, Lord, and just help him through this uh, brief trial in his young life. Lord, I pray that you be with uh, Brother Bob Stauffer, Lord, who uh, received some more news today, and I'm not sure what it is, Lord, but uh, you know, and you know, you know what the situation is, and you know the cancer he is facing, Lord, and I just pray that you continue to be with him with Brother Orr, who's also battling cancer, Lord, and Ruth's sister, and Lord, there's so many people that are still sick, Lord, I think of Miss Jacobs, who's still, um, Lord, resting, and she's still not totally right, please be with her, uh, Lord, uh, be with our church, Lord, as uh, we're getting ready to hit the uh, winter season, the fall season, Lord, and uh, Lord, um, people are going to be getting sick, Lord, I pray you to watch over our church, Lord, and keep us healthy, Lord, we are thankful Lord, for the, uh, the growth that we've seen and the visitors we've seen, Lord, and uh, the love that the church shows for each other, Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you be especially with um, our uh, bus route, and Lord, uh, um, I know our pastor, Lord, is burdened for that route, Lord, and help us to see that burden and, Lord, help shoulder it, Lord, and Lord, I pray that you be with those kids who come from broken homes, Lord, and Lord, I pray that you would... Um, Help us, Lord, to be concerned and love on them and show grace to them and care for them, Lord. And, uh, Lord, who knows what you have in store for them, Lord. I know my mom came from a broken family, Lord, and you sent someone to her house, and she got saved, and she married a preacher, Lord. And I'm here today because of someone coming to their house. And so thankful for that, and I forget that so often, Lord. And, Lord, um, just be with those bus kids, Lord, and uh, help us to be a bright spot in their broken homes. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with us tonight. Lord, uh, watch over us, take us home safely, and bring us back Sunday. In your name I pray, amen. Head to the, uh, the uh, oh, ladies' retreat, I can't think. Uh, on Friday, so be here a little bit before 3. They'll load up and pull out of here. That'll be a good time. And then uh, we'll see the rest of everyone back here on Sunday at 10 o'clock. God bless. Smile at somebody. Tell them you're glad to see them.